Beat the bullies. Laugh in the face of danger. Fight for truth. Going where no conservative has gone before. It's time for the Kelly Truth Squad with William J. Kelly. The Truth Squad's Week in Review begins right now. Welcome to the Kelly Truth Squad Week in Review. I'm William Kelly, and uh, we've got a really, really big show. Headlines and guests and and uh, as always, I'm joined by the legendary Brian McCarthy. How are you doing, Brian? Just great. Well, just gr- you, easy for you to say. You almost blew my ears out. Uh, sorry about that, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Yeah, that's right. I uh, I uh, relayed a little story about uh, live radio in Chicago that I remember I was a witness to. Uh, WLUP, the classic rock station, David Lee Roth, the legendary frontman of uh, Van Halen. He was uh, in Chicago um, promoting a tour, and he, <laughs> he was live on the air, and one of the producers handed him a pair of headphones or plugged him in to a, um, uh, and the, the volume was all the way up, and it practically, and it blew his ears out. I mean, it, well, not literally, but, it, but uh, he reacted furiously, David Lee Roth did, and I don't blame him. You know, I, I don't, I'm not saying anything against the man. In fact, I'm a fan. I am a fan of David Lee Roth. He is a guy who uh, clearly um, ha- has worldwide success, and it's because of, I believe, talent, hard work, and determination. Um, so uh, good for him. But, uh, but I also remember seeing him after that interview uh, coming out of uh, the Hancock Building in downtown Chicago, and... I never would have guessed in a million years that it was David Lee Roth. Uh, he looked like he was, um, he looked like he was, I guess now that I think about it, in disguise. It, 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 he, was, he was dressed in, in a manner and he was behaving in a manner that, was, uh, that would not have attracted attention to him, okay? Even if you were the, the president of the Van Halen fan club, you would not have imagined in a million years that that was David Lee Roth on the street. He was wearing cargo pants and a T-shirt. Uh, why am I obsessing about this? I don't know, except for the fact that uh, it was a, one of my um, early radio experiences that um, made me the man I am today. But uh, at any rate, enough of that. We do have, uh, obviously, the Kelly Truth Squad TV coming soon. You can find out all about that at the good old uh, kellytruthsquad.com. Um, and... We have that because of the some of uh, some of the events that we've part, that we've sponsored and and been involved with over the last uh, year or so, uh, with our partner at the uh, Washington Times, the Washington Times Community Section, and um, <clears throat> one of those events was the official Chicago premiere of the movie Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged, of, uh, you know, obviously the Ayn Rand book of the same name. And uh, we got, we had uh, Harmon Caslow, the executive producer of the film. He was, he was right here in Chicago. We did that movie, uh, pre- premiere party, preview party. What, what would you call it? A premiere party, right? An opening night. Opening night gala. An opening night gala. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, and Harmon was here, and we we packed uh, the 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 screening room at the Wit Hotel, and um, it was it was definitely a night to remember. 
we we did a we got a chance to do a, a little video interview with Harmon. We got um, uh, we we wrote that up for the Washington Times, and I can honestly tell you right now that was one of the biggest page views, biggest page views of the year uh, at the Times. Did you know that? Um, how would you have known that if, if I didn't tell you? Very few people would know that, except um, unless they were um, doing some type of page view analysis at the Washington Times. <laughs> but... Uh, but anyway, so we've got Harmon Caslow. He's going to be on, on the show tonight. He's going to tell us a little bit about the sequel, the, the new, uh, the new, brand new Atlas Shrugged movie that is coming soon because it's, they, they, they decided to break that up, okay, and make it a trilogy. We also have a, uh, a really funny guy, an awesome guy, um, Colin Quinn. He was on Saturday Night Live. He used to do the Weekend Update show, and I—I—that was one of those. Uh, that was one of the seasons where I was kind of really into the Saturday Night Live, and, and then I—and that inspired me to go to Second City in Chicago and join the the um, the conservatory, and uh, that's where I uh, got my acting and and improv training. And uh, Colin Quinn is in town for his. One man show, I guess you could call it a stage show. He's live on stage for uh, for his his show called The Long Short Story, and we got a chance to hang out with Colin and uh, talk to him, and and he's going to be in town for a little while, so hopefully we'll get a chance to do some more of that. But um, this has truly been a crazy week for us. We've been in the news, you know. Uh, with that Dick Durbin thing, that that has not gone, uh, that has not dissipated yet. Okay, um, the Chicago media, or what I call the Obama flash mob media, has is still out to get me, Brian. They they for some reason they they just um, they go berserk whenever I walk in the room. They they don't want me to ask a question. Why 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 is that? I'm not sure why, but you are definitely persona non grata. <laughs> you, that, that is a, you know what? I don't know if maybe that's a compliment at this point. Well, you know, I mean, I think it was Groucho Marx that said, I would not want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member. And uh, maybe that's the, that's the philosophy that I should adopt when it comes to the Chicago news media, this, this Obama flash mob media. Uh, these people, and you know, maybe I shouldn't go to these events because, um, you know, they get so angry and so irrational that they might, um, you know, like physically assault me. They've threatened. They've threatened. If you, um, you may even have uh, the clip of uh, Jay Levine, um, threatening to to deck me, which uh, I always found to be somewhat humorous. But maybe I maybe I'm just uh, too good natured. Maybe I'm being too lighthearted. Let him finish, or I'm gonna deck you. I, really? Yeah. Maybe I should be more outraged, and maybe I should um, <clears throat> uh, sue somebody. You know, because that seems to be what what uh, what everybody does in the city of Chicago when when you know something when their feelings are hurt, they sue the city for you know 
10 million, 20 million, 30 million dollars and they get it. And, uh, and you know, here I'm being prevented from doing my job. I think there's a certain civil right uh, that is being denied me, uh, that in that, I know that there, you know, if there are any, uh, scholars out there, uh, they might, uh, they might want to back me up on this, but our country does in fact have a constitution. And uh, there are 10 amendments to that constitution commonly referred to as the Bill of Rights. The first one being freedom of speech. And uh, uh, right there in that uh, first amendment with the freedom of the speech is, uh, is, a, is, a, is a sentence that uh, refers to our freedom of the press. See what I'm saying? And uh, so the way I look at it, I also have a right. William Kelly, William J. Kelly also has a right. But... Um, but uh, uh, apparently the Obama flash mob media in Chicago, they do not, they do not want to grant me that right. They do not want to extend that, that right to me. Um, but uh, so enough of that. The good news is that we were able to successfully complete an interview this week without, without me being threatened, harassed, or um, uh, otherwise manhandled. <laughs> there was a, I had got a chance to interview the governor of Wisconsin, Scott Walker, and we're going to play some of that audio uh, in, a, in a little bit here. And he was very, very gracious. At, at no point did he try to uh, punch me. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be back with all of that and more. KellyTruthSquad.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter. I'll even tweet if somebody threatens me. Never fear, William J. Kelly is here. More with the Kelly Truth Squad after this. I'm President Barack Obama, and I'm here to tell you, whatever you do, do not, and let me be clear, do not listen to the Kelly Truth Squad. To the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth and Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly, and I can tell you right now, we have a very, very big show. And we, you know, the great thing about our show, as I've said before, and you know what? The weird thing about it is, this is this has this happens on a weekly basis now. This is not even something that happened once. You know, you, you got a lot of, you know, radio personalities in Chicago, for example, who, you know, they had like one big event in their career. And then all we ever hear for, for the next 20 years, 30 years is about, you know, disco demolition or, you know, whatever it was, the one the one moment that they had in their career. Well, we have these things happen to us on a weekly basis now okay they, we don't just we don't just read you the news we're making news and in some cases we're actually changing the course of history or trying to anyway and so uh, we're gonna keep trying we're gonna keep doing that uh, for as long as we can but uh, we've got a guy uh, on the phone right now who I'm a, I'm a very big fan of, of this guy um, I grew up watching him on on Saturday Night Live, uh, it motivated me, actually, to go to that uh, Second City uh, 
uh, school here in Chicago on Wells Street, and I, uh, I got in the training center and then the, the, the conservatory. And, um, and I would say that a, a big part of a big reason why I'm, uh, I'm doing the, the, the TV and the radio and the, and the theater here in Chicago is because of our next guest, Colin Quinn. Colin, are, are you with us? Yes. Hey, how are you doing, brother? Good. How's it going, William? Hey, Very. what about, uh, so that's why you got into Second City, because of me? <laughs> Very much so, as a matter of fact. I love it. <laughs> why, you, you figured, hey, if this guy can do it, he's another Irish psychopath. <laughs> you know, I got into talking over music from your sister. <laughs> She's really good at that. By the way, that's Brian uh, talking. The legendary Brian McCarthy, our uh, our producer, and and uh, hey, Colin. Now you're in town. You are right here oh, in the. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. When he says he got into talking over music for my sister, he means my sister's a stripper. <laughs> I, what what oh, did I'm you mean sorry. by that, Brian? I was thinking about Martha. I didn't know about your other sister. Oh, I thought you were saying my sister's a stripper. Oh, you go, no. You go, I got into talking over music because of your sister. I was like, that son of a... <laughs> oh, so man. Papa Quinn's not my sister, but it was just a weird coincidence that there were five people at MTV, and we were two of them named Quinn. Ah, well, there you go. Maybe she's Pat Quinn's granddaughter. I don't know. You mean, so that's an urban myth? We thought all along that you guys were related. Is not true? No, but you know what? One time... There was a guy that was stalking her that wanted to, like, stalk her, you know, and it was like a real stalker, like they caught in the FBI and everything. Mm. And he was going to kill who he thought was her husband, me. Wow. So, that would have been ironic. Show. <laughs> me, that would have been ironic, me groveling to him, like like uh, Frank Lopez in Scarface going, no, no, I'm not related to her. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I, that's now. Are you going to be telling that story in your uh, in your uh, your stage show that going on here in Chicago? The long story short. No, that story is not in there. It's really more of a. It's more of a historical piece. Okay. You know about that. Yeah. Not my history, world history. You know. Well, you know what we we need. You know, we're in the middle of some world history, right? Right here in the the, the United States of America, and. And if uh, I think that one of the real important things for people to, you know, to is is, is to know their history and what better way to do that than uh, like a, with a, with a little comedic uh, with a little comedic spin to it. Yeah, I think it's, it makes it go down a lot easier. That's for sure. <laughs> and um, so. No so, shit jokes <clears throat> on that one, Brian, please. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but uh so and um where now where is the uh now where is the show taking place i know it's over by water tower the uh exactly. the historic the water Broadway, tower. yeah it's at the Broadway in chicago theater you know what i mean yes but right by the water tower there you go you know in chicago you have to like you have if, if you want to give people directions you have to like tell them where it is in relation to like a landmark and uh, right next to john hancock there you go. So you're, so you're, there you go. The, the entrance to the Broadway and Chicago theater is literally uh, across the street from the John Hancock building. That's right. It's oh. right off uh, State and Chestnut, you know? There you go. And and how many nights a week are we? Um, are... I mean, not State, Michigan and Chestnut. My bad. There you go. Michigan and Chestnut. Um, how many nights a week? Yes. It's every night at 730 
and then Fridays and Saturdays at seven and ten, and Sunday at three. Oh my God! So wait a second. Let me get this straight. So you're this is seven days a week for you. No, I mean, I shouldn't say every night. It's not on Monday and Tuesday, my mistake. Okay. It's on <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7.30, Friday, Saturday, 7 and 10, and then Sunday at 3. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. And, um, well, and so give give, give me a little, uh, what made you want to do, uh, you know, a, a stage show about about world history? And, and, like, what period of history are we talking about here? We're talking about the whole history of the world in 75 minutes. <laughs> the whole history we cover. So, so, so are, I mean, so does it like start, are we starting with like the Ice Age, the cavemen? Are we talking? No, I don't know enough about that, but we saw the cavemen, but then it goes to the Greeks. Ah. It jumps from the cavemen to the Greeks. And uh, now the Greeks, the, the, you see, the, they pretty much everything, it, it really kind of seems to me like everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we consider to be entertainment or wise, uh, it really came from the Greeks to begin with, didn't it? Yeah, it seems like much of it did. The All the entertainment started there, exactly. Exactly, and so, yeah. yeah. And, and like, you know, although whenever you read like one of these self-help books, for example, um, right. you know, it always goes back to some, you know, the, the, some Greek philosophy about, uh, you know, being true to yourself, or, or, yeah, you know, you're it, right. And all the medical stuff and all the political stuff, you know. Wow. You know what? They, they, yeah. And like you said, all the entertainment stuff. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So <laughs> we, have the, we have them to blame for, you know, every horrible Matthew McConaughey, Kate Hudson movie. <laughs> you know, but, you know, the truth of the matter is that if we if we would just live you know, in accordance with, with those, with their, their wisdom, their, their principles right. and their philosophy and everything else, then, then, you know, things would go well. But the problem is that every new generation, he has to learn these, these principles. And unfortunately they just don't seem to learn them in time. They learn them. You, you learn these lessons after you've had your big tragedy, after you've had all of your mistakes, after everything goes wrong, then all of a sudden you, you get this wisdom. Are we just doomed to kind of just repeat all the same uh, mistakes of history and tragedy? I couldn't have put it better myself. You really, <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> we are doomed. And you're right. I mean, people don't learn lessons until the, you know, after all. I mean, that's a Buddhism thing. It's like, you know, you have to, suffering is knowledge comes, only enlightenment comes from the suffering of making mistakes, you know? Well, then. So, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, so I guess Buddhism also says what you just said, which is, hey, Nobody's going to learn anything anyway until they suffer through it. Like you can't really feel it until you've, until you've actually experienced it, you know? Well, then that, and, that uh, leads me to a very important question that I, um, that I need to ask you. Can you stick around for another segment? Sure. Perfect. Thank you. Never fear. William J. Kelly is here. More with the Kelly Truth Squad. After this, hey, Barack Obama again, you know, uh, President of the United States. Now, I thought I told you not to listen to the Kelly Truth Squad. What are you doing? Truth in Broadcasting Radio Network. Now, 
back to the Kelly Truth Squad. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly, and we are joined by by a TV hero of mine, Colin Quinn, who's uh, in Chicago doing his uh, his stage show, The Long Short Story. So it goes on like that through the Sumerians, the Babylonians, the Old Testament, mindless brutality and instinct, until finally one guy coming home from another brutal battle stops at a lake to get a drink of water, looks down, sees his reflection in the lake. He's got a bloody beard. He's got animal skin, human gristle. He's got a necklace with eyeballs on it. He's like, wow, is this how I'm coming across to people? Because this is not who I am. I'm a good person. Colin, how are you doing, brother? Good, good. How's it going? <laughs> very, very good. Thanks for sticking with us here. Um, you know, we were just talking about history and how we, no matter how many generations or how many you know centuries go by, people, the human race just continuously seems to make the same mistakes. And, you know, how is there any do you think that there's any point to which you know, the wisdom of all of these, you know, all of these centuries and all of these civilizations, is there any point at which we are going to get it right? Or, or is it, is it, or is it just one, going to just be one tragedy after another? Well, no, because it's a free will. You know what I mean? So like two people, I could read the same thing as somebody else and go, this is what Socrates means. What Uh you're doing is wrong. (laughs) And they might read it and go, no, no, no. It means what you're doing is wrong. Wow. And then the third person goes, how about if we compromise? And we would go, oh, shut up. Compromise. <laughs> so it's like the same old problems, you know? You know, uh, that that is so true. And, um, you know, it's a little discouraging, but... Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I mean, some, you know, people, all, they often talk about evolution. You know, sometimes I wonder, you know, are, are we really evolving or are we devolving? I mean, do you think that the Greeks, in a, you know, do, would you say that if we went back in time, if we went back to, let's say, the founding fathers, would we, do you think that we would discover that they were actually more uh, advanced in, in, in some ways that, than we are here uh, in, you know, 2000 and you know, well, what? I think that being they were the first. I guess that their development, when you look at it, like what the Greeks came from and what they actually thought got through, was pretty impressive for the early times. So yes. we're just putting on their stuff. But I mean, either way, it doesn't matter because there's no way that humanity. There's we're born with that internal thing. I mean, you know, where it's like, so the Greeks could never. They never solved problems they just showed people what the problems were but humanity still remains humanity since time again i mean one of the things my show's about is that technologically we advance but human nature never changes and that's just our nature so it's like i say we can all sit there and just and be like hey look this is the way it needs to be i mean everybody thinks they're a good person right everybody thinks they're one of the very few people think they're evil Exactly. Some people do, but most people say, I'm one of the good guys. I'm here trying to, if everybody would just live life correctly. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like, that's the, that's the weird thing about life. It's like, who's good? How could you ever figure out a system where people would go, no, you are bad, and you have to <laughs> suffer for that? Even if you told people they're bad, they're still going to go, oh, so what if you? I'm not going to change. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
Nobody right. can figure out it because free will is the most you know important thing. And that is really, my gosh, I'm really looking forward to coming and seeing the show. I mean, it's uh, it's really interesting what the point that you just made that if you go, if you could go back to, into any time in history and interview someone that you that that is just universally regarded as an absolute villain, you would probably discover to your absolute amazement that that person be- genuinely believed that they were, were were acting on the highest principles that they were yeah, that they, right. that everything that they were doing was a huge sacrifice to them because they they were they were doing everything for you know for the good that's of humanity right. exactly exactly what they wow. thought and wow. then just so so it is interesting like nobody thinks nobody cares so it's like that's the weird thing about human nature so even like you know, let's say Hitler could read Aristotle and go, yeah, he's he's on my side. Right. He's saying what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, and even Aristotle had slaves. So it's like everybody, you know what I mean? So it's like everybody still justifies their own existence. That's the thing that we can't seem to get past. Wow. Is that the nature of human, of a person, of a human being, you know, they can, they can identify it. But you can't identify it in yourself, and that's another theme in the show, actually, you know, wow. is that nobody can see themselves as they are, you know? You know, that's such a good point. You you can never really see yourself a, uh, accurately. Like, when I see somebody walking right. down the street, the first thing I think to myself is, you know, you know, all, all that guy would have to do to be perfect is, you know, ch- right. change that, uh, you know, wear a blazer instead of a track jacket or whatever, you know? And, right. then, I, and then I think to my, and then I catch my own reflection in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, yeah. who am I to talk, you know? Exactly, exactly. Because it's like we all know among our friends, we're like, this person is so talented if they would just do this. And this kind of saying the same thing to you, but you can never hear it. Right. Or you can sort of hear it, but you're like, no, they don't understand that. I would do, I've tried that, you know. <laughs> And, and you know what? And to a great extent, that's probably true because, you know, I guarantee you, and you probably know this uh, being in the entertainment industry, you know, knowing something and being able to actually do it or get other people to sign off on it are two completely different things. And, right. you know, and if you look back in history, I guarantee that there were a lot of people who, who just crashed and burned that, you know, and, and if, you know, if they had been able to somehow rally, you know, the, the, the right resources or something, then they would have gone down as, as one of the great men or women of history. But because of, you know, whatever, whatever, right. whatever resource, whatever it was that they needed, the horses or the saddles or the, or the, the bows right. and the arrows or whatever, whatever right. it was that they needed, they just couldn't, they couldn't get them until it was too late. Right. That's like, that's really, that's really good. I like that. That's exactly right. Damn. It's like, yeah. I know. You know, what? look at Mussolini. If Mussolini had been like kind of, the way he was, make the trains run on time, a little bit fascist, but he hooked up with Europe instead of with Hitler, he might be like the greatest guy, one of the greatest guys in history, you know? There you go. You know, oh man, that, that, you know what, it almost makes you want, it almost makes you feel like it's hopeless. You know, like when you, you, you know, like for example, you, that you do everything the best you can and your girlfriend is still disappointed. She's still angry. She still cries. <laughs> you know, she still says, you know, you, you know, you've, you know, you didn't make me happy the way I thought that you were going to make me happy or something. And, right. and you know, it's just like, what can you do? What can right. you do? But it's but it's also because, like in my own case, for many years, people are like you acted like I'm always like my story when I tell people 
is I did this right, I did that right. right. And people, of course, agree with you because, you know, what's the point? Once in a while, people give you a gentle thing like, well, maybe you could have been more like this. You're like, no, no, I did try that. I tried that. <laughs> yes. And then years later, you look back and go, oh, no, I was an ass. Ah. And I didn't know it. Wow. I so it's like, so there's little things like in my relationships, always that, hey, look, on the surface, on paper, I was doing everything right. But there was that little withholding and, like, hey, I'm doing you a favor or whatever. Sure. That psychological thing. And that person has their thing, too. Like you said, fix me. And, you know, it's a combination of people. Yes. All that, all that stuff that you don't even see yourself feeling. But it, but it reads, you know. If only we would just listen to those Greeks. But, um, but if uh, people come and see your show, uh, the long story short, they're going to get uh, they're going to get 70 minutes of it all. Uh, the, the entire world history right exactly. there uh, exactly. at the uh, Broadway in Chicago, uh, right over by historic water tower. OK. And right, uh, right across the street from uh, one of the tallest buildings in the entire world, the, the Hancock building. So yeah. uh, how, now how do how do how can people get tickets? Well, that's a good question. They can go to longstoryshort.com. Okay. They, they can go to uh, Chicago on Broadway or, or, you know, any of those websites, I guess. Ah. And how long are you going to be in town for? Uh, a few weeks. Okay. Well, then you know what I'll do is I'll call your publicist and get uh, some tickets, and we'll give them out on the Kelly Truth Squad here. I would love it. It's great. I, I, and, and I'm absolutely looking forward to the show. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to be coming this week. And, oh, um, good. And I'm uh, looking forward to meeting you in person and, and uh, oh, hopefully having you on the, the show again. I would love it. This uh, is really interesting, actually. Awesome, right. brother. Thank you again. Thank you. Okay, you got it, man. Take care and Thanks. have a great I'll, show tonight. I'll see you this weekend. You got it. Bye. Colin Quinn, how about that? You know, I mean, now there's a guy, he, uh, you know, he did the weekend update. He uh, was on uh, Saturday Night Live, one of the most influential shows of our, uh, of our uh, generation here. Uh, and we'll be back with more Truth Squad after this. Have no fear. The Kelly Truth Squad will be right back after this. Okay, it's Barack again. And I see that you're still listening to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth and Broadcasting Network. Yeah, thanks a lot, folks. Now, back to the Kelly Truth Squad on the Truth and Broadcasting Radio Network. Welcome back to the Kelly Truth Squad. I am William Kelly. And um, you know something? I've said it before, but I can't say it enough because it's true. And after all, this is the Truth Squad. Uh, We don't just read you the news. We don't just tell you what's happening. We make it happen. And one perfect example of that that occurred this year was with what I believe is was the most important film of the year, Atlas Shrugged, a movie that people have waited their entire lives to see. Midas Mulligan. Who's asking? Someone who knows what it's like to work for himself and not let others feed off the profits of his energy. Who are you? We found a note. What did it say? It said, who is John Galt? Worst 
railroad accidents in recent history. A Taggart transcontinental freight train has crashed and derailed. I have to get the Rio Norte completely re-railed in nine months, and I'm gambling your new metal can do what you say it can. I'm staking my business on it. Nobody's used rear to metal. Why do we have to be the first? Well, they say you're intractable, you're ruthless, your only goal is to make money. My only goal is to make money. Yeah, but you shouldn't say it. If we're going to bring Reardon down, we should do it from the inside. Obviously, Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged, uh, a book that, you know, all all has influenced, you know, countless people to 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 really make the most of their lives and, and make, um, a, you know, a true life for themselves and um and we were able to bring the movie to chicago probably the city the the single city in the world that needs it that needs this message more than any anywhere else and we had the world the the chicago opening night gala at the uh the wit hotel and we packed that uh that theater with not only uh you know some of the best people in chicago but also the executive producer of the film harman caslow and Harmon was great. Harmon, uh, you know, was very gracious. He uh, answered questions until literally the last person <laughs> walked out. And um, and you could tell that this was something that Harmon, um, you know, definitely holds very, very dear in his heart. This uh, Ayn Rand and, and Atlas Shrugged. And and um, and now all I all I ever get from all my friends and fans and Facebook and is uh, uh, when is the sequel? When is part t- uh, two? because they broke it into three parts. Harmon, are you there? I am here, and it's great to talk to you, William, uh, and uh, be back, hopefully speaking with uh, you know some of the people that shared what, what a great night that was. Yes. Um, sort of, in a sense, finally giving birth to a story that, that just seems so incredibly you know, relevant to you know, what's going on. And, and it's interesting, because we're getting ready for the uh, the DVD release, we're going to be making a big announcement on September second. I love it. Which uh, you know, people who are familiar with the book know that that uh, that's a very uh, in, important date that 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 actually makes its way into the story. So um, you know, tune in for what what we're going to announce on September second. But you know, John Aguilar and I were talking. Uh, you know about the film in, in preparation for making some uh, commentary that'll show up on the DVD, and you know we were talking about like the implosion of the Middle East. Yes. And, and I was just sitting there in uh, in the room before we went in for the interview, and I'm like going, you know, Libya now sort of on its way down, yeah, right. and, and Syria, and it's like, you know, this is stuff that was being written about. You know, the the writers are writing this like in April of 2010. Uh, thinking right. that you know perhaps by 2016, you know when, when which is the time that we set this film, just a little bit, a few you know years off into the future, <laughs> that this stuff might happen. And wow, I mean, all this stuff is happening very, very quickly. Uh, you know, the, the issues of limited government and, and individual liberty just certainly were tested. Yes, uh, you know, back in D.C. when they were sort of trying to figure out what they're going to do with the trillions and trillions of dollars of debt. And people just, you know, finally a few people in Congress just really standing up and saying, you know what, we're just not going to rubber stamp it anymore. We've got to have a plan. We've got to have a workout Yes. Uh, before it gets too crazy. Well, I mean, the, 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 your film could not have come at a better time uh, because, 
you know, for all for 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 a million reasons, but mostly because there's there's an audience of people now who who are thirsting for this philosophy, this message to yeah, and uh, and 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 eager to share it. You know, I, I think that the DVD and you know the release of the film on DVD is is only going to you know make it even easier now for people to share that message. No, absolutely, and. and you know, one of the things, first off, for, you know, your listeners not familiar with the book, the book is, yes. you know, literally 1,200 pages. Uh, it was written in 1957. Um, the, the, the hero of the story is a woman, yes. smart, tenacious, hardworking. Uh, she's got, you know, lazy businessmen, uh, bureaucrats thwarting, you know, all of her efforts, and I'm certain not only you know women in in the workplace experience this thing, but but a lot of the business leaders, you know that that uh, are out there trying to create jobs, trying to take advantage of really you know the, what this country was founded on, which was having some sort of opportunity, face a lot of the same things that uh, the hero Dagny Tagner, Taggart was yes. uh, facing, and she was just you know trying to keep her own company um, surviving. But what we've done is uh, we have partnered up with a number of organizations and right. given them an opportunity to release a DVD with their content along with the movie. So it's going to be very exciting. Like I said, we're going to have an announcement on the second. Uh, I will I will leak it to you via email so you can talk to it, uh, your listeners, uh, on the second. But Brilliant. Su- suffice it to say that um, we're going to give a lot of a lot of groups whose members and constituents and, and, and people who are interested in what those organizations stand for, who are predisposed really to the story, will be able to not only get to see the first part uh, of the movie, but also will get some uh, interesting content that's unique to that organization and, and, and how the efforts of that organization are relevant to the book and what's going on now. That is so brilliant. Because not only is it a brilliant marketing and promotion, but it's so relevant and important and and truly you know meaningful. Uh, it's it's brilliant on every different level. I, I hope that the Truth Squad will be able to partner up with one of these organizations and uh, and get uh, some of these DVDs out to our listeners. Oh yeah, no no doubt. And what's what's interesting is you know one of the groups the uh, the Atlas Society is going to have their 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 content is going to be really showing uh, scenes out of the movie, yes. comparing it to what was actually written in the book and how that is relevant to what's going on today. Um, another organization, FreedomWorks, actually put out a little video during the theatrical release. I think if you probably Google it or look it up on YouTube, people can find it. But it, it literally took cuts from the movie ah. and could put cuts of, of people in government uh, President Obama and and congressmen and took their words and how their words nearly were identical oh to some God. of the villains' words that uh, were were in the movie and and just kind of the impact and and it's I mean it's very very fascinating and, and you're right I mean it's it's such an honor uh, you know to be part of of a book that has inspired and influenced so many people a lot of people have wanted the book. Uh, made into a movie. John Aguilaro, uh, you know, put his own money in it, really sure. in the spirit of individualism, uh, w- which is totally consistent with the yes. concept of the book. Um, and we are working 
on uh, the screenplay right now for part two, and our and our aspiration is to have the movie ready uh, for release uh, prior to the elections uh, that'll be occurring in 2012. Thank you. I'm so happy that you that you brought that up uh, because I'm telling you, Harmon, you have no idea how many people literally hound me on Facebook now and at meetings because. You know, I'm, I was so fortunate to have been the host of your of the movie preview in Chicago uh, that uh, whenever I go out to speak now to any group, uh, w- inevitably people will say, hey, you know, when will you know, when will we see the sequel to Atlas Shrugged? And um, and I don't want to you know, obviously speak for you, but I but now I will. And now I've got the answer. I'm going to tell them uh, that yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, it's in process. I mean, one of the things that. Uh, you know, the, the movie ends with a cliffhanger. Yes. Um, and so you're kind of left with two choices. Uh, one choice is to, to go out and buy the book and have to, uh, you know, plow through the remaining, um, you know, 850 pages. Or, you know, go uh, go to the restroom and hopefully come back and the theater is going to play the, the second part of the movie. So yes. we're in the middle of a long intermission. Sure. Um <laughs> Yeah, if things go well, uh, what what would be really great for us is to be able to do uh, have the film finished prior to the various conventions, nominating conventions, so that perhaps we can uh, screen the movie in conjunction with those activities, so that uh, you know, people on the left, people on the right, uh, people who are you know who, who embrace. You know, what the Constitution of this country stands for, you know, can go see the movie and again just prompt more conversation. Well, it Harman, really isn't, you know, it, it's not about, you know, sort of buying into, uh, you know, what Atlas Shrugged is about. Take out of it whatever meaning it is. It, yes. It, at least let's get the debate going. Because well, Harmon, I can tell you, you've definitely gotten the debate going. We will definitely have you back on to talk about the DVD release and um, we hope to host. The, uh, the preview party for uh, the, the second installment of Atlas Shrugged. Harmon Caslow, thank you for being with us, and we'll have you back real soon.